0: Here we go. Welcome in Tuesday. How we doing? We're ready to talk a lot of sports, mainly Sooner Sports with you. And I want to thank Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Steelman and Thune at noon. If you're looking to repair, replace, or maintain your AC system or you need that furnace tuned up, call Lasher Home Comfort Systems. They're family-owned and operated. They've been in business now. For 16 years in the Norman, Oklahoma City area, they'll do great work for you 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. I am here. The old man's got his spectacles. I've got my Depends on. I've got a tablespoon of Metamucil to put in my energy drink. I'm raring to go. How fired up are you for Oklahoma-Kansas State basketball tonight? I mean, I, are, is fired up... The term that we're using for
1: Oklahoma basketball at this point. Are you ready
0: for OU Sooners basketball tonight, Kansas State, 8 o'clock, ESPNU? It might get ugly, Steely. It might get really ugly. (laughs)
1: Kansas State's a really good basketball team. And Oklahoma, as we have discussed ad nauseum, is not.
0: You know, and we're thinking about, you know, maybe they can beat Texas Tech. Obviously, at home, they beat Tech in Lubbock, so... I know Tech had some players out in that game, but that would be the one game you look at and the Sooners would be favored to win. But Texas went to Lubbock last night, lost to Texas Tech, and now you've got, uh, again, Texas Tech coming to uh, Norman down the road next week, and we'll see if the Sooners can get that in the win column. We'll see what happens against K-State tonight, 8 o'clock ESPNU. Uh, Jerome Tang's done a great job with the Wildcats, no doubt about it. And uh, but really, the big game tonight is in Stillwater. That's a huge game for Oklahoma State. The Cowboys, Mike Boynton's done an unbelievable job. They've got a winning streak going right now. They've done a lot of this, or or some of it, without Avery Anderson. You know, going down with an injury. They're taking on fifth-ranked Kansas tonight, eight o'clock on ESPN. This. Is a situation where it's gonna look like old Gallagher Iba Arena. They were camping out for tickets. Huge game in Stillwater tonight. Can the Cowboys get to eight and five in the league? That would be huge. They would be they'd have the same league record as Kansas if they win this game tonight. Wow. Yeah. That, that is that, remarkable. It is. They're in. Cowboys are in, barring, you know, if they lose out, maybe that changes everything, obviously. But they're not going to lose out. They're playing some really good basketball right now. But Porter Moser did meet the media yesterday. It was uh, Bob Prisbilla who asked the question, you know, what about the rumors about what's happening with Notre Dame? Well, finally, and, somebody asked him. Yeah. And then uh, the the, you know, the report that you have some interest in Notre Dame, here is how
2: Porter Moser answered that question. I'm a, I'm a Catholic kid from Chicago um, that, I, that we had a lot of success in the Chicago area with that and a lot of respect for that university. Um, with that said, I have no interest. I've not pursued it, nor do I have any interest. I, Oklahoma's my home. The Sooners is my home. I'm in the beginning process of, of, of turning a program around in an era of the Transfer Portal, of NIL, and the Big 12 being in, a, in an unprecedented territory. Those, those three, and then the COVID extra years. I mean, all those colliding and, and having to rebuild a roster. I'm so committed. Um, I'm home. Um, this place means a lot to me, the people here, the fan base. I spent so much time um, with with the student body, with the, the, the fan base. So, no, I don't. Yeah, of course, everywhere you go, you're going to have people, you know, uh, talking. So I know that, but there's nothing that can be said to me that's not stopping my vision and my passion of where I want to go and where, how I want to – um, look at, at, at building this program and, and winning here. Well, yeah. sounds like a Mule shoe to me.
0: Hey, every Sooner fan, when they hear a coach say that now, they 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 take that with a Mule shoe grain of salt, right? Because they felt like they got burned by what Lincoln Riley said over and over again. So, uh, where are you on the believability scale, right there with Porter Moser out of ten? How many? How many numbers out of ten? Porter's a very sincere guy. I think he is
1: too. I take him at his word, more so than Muleshoe. And also, he was very direct in how he answered that question. Right, he didn't beat around the bush. He didn't. He didn't try to leave himself an out. He flat out said, "I have no interest in that job." I have not pursued it.
0: He didn't say, I haven't talked to Notre Dame, nobody that I know that, you know, is in my camp, whether it's an agent or somebody else has talked to Notre Dame. Yes, the key is saying, I have no interest in Notre Dame, right? So I do believe him. So my theory is out the window that he's going to be at Notre Dame. I'm an idiot. Uh, Everybody knows that already. But, um, you know, and Mike Bray coming back to coaching, doesn't look like it's going to be at Notre Dame. He's just basically saying, I'm done with coaching. We'll see. Well, now we're going to have to keep a close eye
1: on the flight tracker, see if any flights pop up from Norman to South Bend or vice versa. Of course, that also could mean that Notre Dame's trying to hire Jeff Lebby as their offensive coordinator. Oh, Who's to yeah. say?
0: Oh, yeah, here we go. And I'm sure you've been told by people on the inside as well that Jeff Lebby is not going anywhere. Well, no, he's not. Yeah. If he
1: wasn't going anywhere for the Alabama job, he's mm-hmm. certainly not going anywhere for any other job. But right. dude, Notre Dame is up a creek right now as far as that
0: OC hire is concerned. Man, it all started with Peyton Bowen, right? The flip. Is that where it maybe, unraveled? Maybe. That's where well, it no, started. No, where it started unravel. was Jeff
1: Lebby turning down the Alabama job. Because if he doesn't turn down the Alabama job, Nick Saban doesn't have to Get Tommy Reese. That's right. And go snag Tommy Reese. Now you've had Colin Klein turn that job down. You've had Ludwig at Utah turn that job down. Where do they go from here?
0: I don't know. Joe D might be out there. Joe Dickinson still. You never know. Joe D's still uh, involved teaching kids uh, football. But basically,
1: to reorient here, what you heard in that soundbite from Porter is folks, love him or hate him, Porter Moser's going to be around at Oklahoma.
0: Yeah, at least at least another year, and like I said, I think Joe Castiglione is a man who's patient, and maybe he'll get to, you know gets uh SEC play unless it's absolutely a disastrous situation again next season. But uh, by the way, talking about the the uh, Georgia situation now, that's because the Ravens hired Todd Munkin. Uh, who is the Oklahoma State offensive coordinator back during that great season of 2011. Really good coach, and I thought he was tremendous in the national championship game. Uh, going back to the NFL, he was with Tampa Bay uh, not too long ago, so he's kind of going back and forth uh, between the National Football League and college football. But Jeff Levy is going to be at Oklahoma. If you start hearing this Georgia stuff, don't believe it. He is going to be at the University of Oklahoma. By the way, the Porter sound that we just played, our ortho-central clip, of the day brought to you by ortho central with clinics in norman midwest city and now a brand new location for you a tri-city location with newcastle tuttle and blanchard these full-service clinics treat orthopedic and sports medicine injuries so sooners k-state tonight eight o'clock espnu and uh, oklahoma right now alone in last place in the league with tex victory over texas last night in lubbock texas uh, Again, they're now tied, uh, going into tonight's play, uh, at nine and four with Baylor and Kansas, or uh, Kansas is actually eight and four, and then you've got Oklahoma State, K State, Iowa State at seven and five, TCU six and six, West Virginia's four and nine, Red Raiders improved at three and ten with that win over the Horns last night, and the Sooners alone in the basement at two and ten. Any feeling on this game tonight? I, I don't think it's going to be a... Listen, I have a feeling, Steely. And it's not a good one? Is it like indigestion? It's Well, right good? now
1: I feel like an enchilada sitting in a pan because I'm here in the Buffalo Wild Wings crock pot. Mm-hmm. You get the luxury of sitting in that nice, cool room across from me.
0: It's uh, This one is room temperature. Over there, like I said, it's uh, It's a sauna for I you. I might
1: as well be an iguana
0: in a terrarium out in the hot sun. The I am things boiling. you do for this radio station. I know, I mean, man. You put your life on the line, man. You could pass out at any minute. I mean, Vegas would say that the old man will be the first one passing out. But with the temperatures you deal with in that studio, I mean, you are doing the valor and courage it takes To just speak every day is remarkable. I salute you. Am I
1: visibly perspiring yet?
0: Not quite, but I can see it's on the way. I can see it's on the way. Uh,
1: From the text line, 580, Porter Moser has more integrity in his sweet beard than Muleshoe has in his entire body. That's right. No doubt about it. As long as the LSU job isn't open, we'll be okay. (laughs) Patrick says, I'm more behind Porter than ever before now. It was great to hear that. I have faith in him to make it work.
0: Yeah, and again, we have always said that we think Porter Moser is a good basketball coach. and This is the first time that I've really heard him, and he's kind of gotten into it a little bit, but this was almost a defense of you know what he's had to deal with talking about covid years you know transfer portal trying to build a new roster uh you know he's he's trying to you know build the house again basically and they're trying to lay the foundation right now but as we've talked about Oklahoma basketball should never be this bad they're not very exciting and they're really really bad and it still to me is amazing how they came out and Beat the number one team in the country now, Alabama. And it was like the Globetrotters against the Washington Generals in that game. <laughs> it, was, it was all OU. So uh, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out for Porter. I, I hope he succeeds. I think he's a very likable guy. He's put a lot of passion and energy in trying to get people into the arena. He coaches hard. He's a classy dude. And uh, I do like the way he answered that question yesterday. So, uh,
1: To whoever this loser is that just texted in, Todd Bates is overrated in the middle of a discussion about <laughs> Porter Moser, please get a life. Please. Do you really have nothing better to do with your time than text into a radio show with random digs at a positional coach at Oklahoma that coaches a sport that we're not even talking about on the air at the moment? Get a life. Do you
0: think that individual was, I tell you what he's doing, man. He's sitting in his mommy's basement. He's got that ready, and he's had it ready for about an hour. And then he decided it's time to pounce on these guys right now and again say that Todd Bates is overrated. So, you never know. Man, was that uh, – what a horrible situation at Michigan State last night, by the way. I mean, it just – Awful. I mean, just so depressing. Sometimes you wonder, what kind of country are we living in? It's still the greatest country in the world, but we – man, it's just – it's
1: just, well, sickening. Steely, it's – look, and not to get all philosophical, but it's about people. It's about good and bad. It's about people more so than a country. Mental yeah. health
0: too. Yeah, it is. You're right. You're right. I agree.
1: And unfortunately, we live in the in a world that happens to be home to a lot of evil people, one of whom did some very evil things last night at Michigan and,
0: State. In many ways we lack civility and kindness. And you know what? There's nothing wrong with any of those. But in this era where everybody's gonna have a take and yell and scream at each other, you know. It's uh it's in short supply, it seems like, sometimes. All right, uh, throw the Chris Blink lock block at the Todd Bates guy. Uh, we needed Todd Bates Appreciation Hour. That guy trashed – the guy that trashed Todd Bates got a Valentine card from his mother, from Patrick. There <laughs> and, you
1: go. Uh, wrapping the conversation with a Porter text here. We need Porter to get this thing turned around so they can name the new arena the Porter House. That's awesome. <laughs> I, I like that. that. That's the first Mindful time I've support. heard that.
0: It's pretty good. All right, thank you for being here. We appreciate it, 405-651-3439. That's the number on the Air Coverage Solutions tax line. We are going to talk about everybody's favorite subject when we get back, and that would be what else, Sooner Football, next, right here on The Ref. All right, welcome back. Good to have you with us. It is a Tuesday edition of Steel Man and Thune here on the home of Suter fans, the Ref Radio Network. I saw today great news Beats and Bites, the outdoor music festival, is back at Riverwind. I didn't think it was going away, but I was just excited to see the schedule. So excited I can't even speak. We'll start the festivities. Coupe Ale Works, a big part of the Beats and Bites Outdoor Music Festival at Riverwind. 38 Special in Blue Oyster Colts. Pretty good pairing right there. Hold on Loosely meets Don't Fear the Reaper, May 27th. First show out for Beats and Bites at Riverwind for 2023. The Gin Blossoms in June. We'll have Mark Chestnut in July. Gary Allen in August. Beats and Bites. Uh, great food trucks out there. Great craft beer from Coop Aleworks. It's a great time. You know, it's a kid-friendly environment. Uh, bring your pull-up chairs and everything else. Shay and I went out, and uh, we caught Night Ranger and Starship last year. It was a great time out there. And uh, happy to see that Beats and Bites, the Outdoor Music Festival, is back. Again, what a way to kick it off with 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult. A little bit of two different genres there, but two really good bands. Hey, listen.
1: If... Ed Sheeran, Chris Stapleton, and Bruno Mars taught us everything mm-hmm. is that you can
0: have a lot of successful interplay between genres. That's right. As long as it's good, right? Camo Sooner says, I need more cowbell. Yes. <laughs> uh, the cowbell is prominently featured in Don't Fear the Reaper. As you, even if you weren't a BOC fan from back in the day, you, you knew about it from the SNL skit with Will Ferrell. From the 918 on the text
1: line, what name can we give the Sooners' final season in the Big 12? Farewell tour, revenge tour, breakup tour, suggestions? That's a good question. I like that. Let's see what the listeners come up with. How many divisions are going to be in the SEC,
0: asks a listener from the 303 area code. That's still kind of unclear. It sounded to me like Greg Sankey didn't want to have divisions or pods or anything. Now, if there's no divisions... Now, but you that's, are going to have, like, three teams that you'll play. I still think that's the way they're going to go. But I don't necessarily know if they're going to go with the pods or not. He sounded very open to a lot of new stuff. Let's just hope that you get a good, solid rotating schedule. You, you know, uh, the Georgia Bulldogs, who've won two national championships in a row, all right, never played in College Station, Texas. Never played AM at Kyle Field. You know how long AM's been in the SEC? Well, since 2012. That's that 11 years. Year. That's 11 years, right? That's incredible. So uh, we'll see. They're still working through a lot of stuff, but um, hopefully they get it right. It's going to be uh, fascinating to see. Um, I'm Again, we were intrigued this year by the Big 12 schedule as to who the Sooners would play. Uh, and of course, they got the trip to Cincinnati, the trip to Provo. They have UCF at home, but when they finally release that SEC SEC schedule, that's going to be something. That's going to be huge. One listener says the manifest SEC. Another says
1: it's not you, it's me. Tour. <laughs> like uh, another. Oh, elaborating on the uh, manifest SEC. The listener added, our God-given right to move to a better conference.
0: Mm, Okay, yeah. The SEC land run. This is our territory now, punks. Farewell Tour 2023, more like the FU Tour
1: 2023. (laughs) Uh, I can't read all of these. People are... K-A-S, kiss my poop tour. Which, that's K-M-A, not K-A-S. I don't know where that acronym came from. KMAS. Uh, from the 708, any truth to the rumor about Levy to Georgia that I just made in my head in advance of message board postings <laughs> with Todd Monk and Levy?
0: It's not happening. It's not going to happen. Jeff Levy's going to be at Oklahoma for the foreseeable future. It, it looks to me like the only way that Jeff Levy would leave would be for a head coaching job, right?
1: Mm, so Notre Dame's going to demote Marcus Freeman to bring in Jeff Levy as head coach.
0: That'll be the next rumor, right, that Uh comes off the message boards. Call it the great divorce, the sloppy seconds tour. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Pretty good. Hey, that video was pretty cool uh, that OU Football released uh, yesterday. Yeah, we haven't talked about that yet. The preferred walk-ons getting those scholarships, Gavin Freeman, Zach Schmidt, uh, wide receiver Major Melson, punter Josh Plaster, defensive back Pierce Hudgens. Getting the, those videos are always great, but I think the way they did it, it, it was really cool. And that's how you
1: know, man, that there's a lot of respect in that locker room for Pierce Hudgens and Major Melson in particular. Because Major Melson has never played a regular season down for Oklahoma. Pierce Hudgens has only appeared in a special teams role in four career games over three seasons. Meanwhile, I mean, it makes sense why Schmidt gets a scholarship being the starting kicker and why Plaster gets a scholarship, uh, probably going to be the starting punter. It'll be either him or Luke Elzinga. And then obviously Gavin Freeman. uh, I mean, I would say he earned his scholarship with the first touch of his collegiate career. But for guys like Pierce Hudgens and Major Melson to earn scholarships at Oklahoma, that testifies to their work ethic and the way that they raise the bottom line culturally in that locker room because two guys that are probably never going to play a meaningful snap at OU don't get placed on scholarship unless they are invaluable.
0: Yeah, no doubt. And that was a cool video they released yesterday. And you, you know, it it looks like the OU culture looks pretty good over there. And I know that's what Brent is trying to build. Uh, And and I think they're going about it the right way. And and clearly you're only going to see the positive stuff. I'm sure there's Probably a couple players, and, um, you know, it's going to happen every season. As much as you talk about how great your culture is, people are going to leave, particularly with the transfer portal set up the way it is right now. But it appears to be a pretty close locker room. More suggestions
1: on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. The Good Riddance Tour, Don't Look Back Tour. We're getting musical here.
0: Somebody put the Boston Don't Look Back Tour. I like
1: that. You're welcome for all of our Bull Money Tour. The new girlfriend is definitely hotter than the old girlfriend <laughs> tour.
0: Here's the problem, though, with the hotter girlfriend. There's usually the the hotter girlfriend usually involves more maintenance, right? Well, it's, it's the Barney Stinson crazy hot matrix. It, you know, it, it's it's one of those deals. You know, you if you upgrade in that department, sometimes you're going to run into some challenges. You better have the bank account ready, and you better be ready for more high-maintenance issues. In most situations. Angry Ronnie on the text line says, As a former walk-on
1: at OU, I'm proud of those kids like Melson who will never play but stick to the grind because they love it. There you go. Thank Major you. Major Melson's dad played at Oklahoma back Chris in the day. Chris Melson. Chris yeah, Melson. Back in yep. the day. Yeah. Played yeah.
0: quarterback. From Ada. And uh, the hell freezes over tour. Do we get to listen to the Eagles play a bunch of acoustic tunes on the way outs? Had a rough night and I hate that. Eagles, man. Out of my freaking cab. Uh, What else do we have? Uh, The Grass Is Greener Tour. Could be. The Boot In Your Ass Tour, courtesy of the Red, White, and Blue. Or the Red and Whites. Toby Keith. Maybe that should be the logo. (laughs) Toby Keith? No, just a boot going in a... (laughs) Well, I mean, (laughs) a boot going up. Some buttocks.
1: Gonna have to sufficiently caricature it
0: (laughs) to bring it down to PG. But sure, it'd be an interesting logo. And then you just uh, the it just means more tour. There you go. I like that one. The SEC is gonna have to uh, get some new theme music too. Will it? I think so. Uh, Man, it's gonna be weird. Because all my life, all my life, the SEC has been associated with that music. With the SEC, you know, and that's going to be will that be the Big Ten theme now? Pac twelve theme or the Big Ten theme with the new Pac twelve? Yeah, you CBS owns that stuff, right? Yeah, and like the SEC is the own is the
1: only conference with its own music, really. Like the Big Twelve, the Big Ten, Pac twelve they they don't have music. Not music that anyone recognizes, but the SEC, yeah, it's that little jingle, that score. That's just yeah, that's that all my feel life. That's, feel that's, different. What, that's what comes
0: to mind when you think of the SEC. No doubt. All right, break time right here. You guys are killing it on the text line today. Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And Air Comfort Solutions, thank you as well. 405-651-3439 of the Air Comfort Solutions tax line all right everybody's still mad at barry switzer bob stoops spoke on the subject again with chris vanini of the athletic and by the way we're going to have bill hasten on tomorrow who has written some really good stuff with coach switzer uh you know 50 years ago 1973 when barry switzer first got to job at oklahoma we'll talk with bill tomorrow it was a little bit tied up today but 12:35 tomorrow bill hasten will join us coming right back here on the ref the Don't Look Back tour, pretty good. Ah, uh, yes, some theme music right here from Boston. What a great band. Man, I used to wear Boston out on a track. That's how old I am. I just dated myself. First album was gigantic. Second was pretty big, too, but uh, still a Boston. We don't have Bradley Delp around anymore to hit the high notes, but uh, again, one of the great bands when I was growing up, no doubt. All right, uh, Sooners tonight, uh, the men taking on Kansas State, 8 o'clock. The game's on ESPNU. The OU women will be back in action tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, against Texas Tech. OU women's softball will next be in action after they uh, swept through the Mark Campbell Invitational out in Irvine, California. got challenged in some games, which I think is a good thing, particularly the Liberty game and the Washington game. But they will play in the Getterman Classic in Waco, Texas this week. Friday against Longwood College. Saturday against FFSFA, Stephen F. Austin. Saturday against Army. And then Sunday against Baylor. That's your Sooner Weekly Update brought to you by Wade Electric, your trusted electrical experts for your home or business. Call them up at 405-329-1940. Sooner fans in football are very passionate and – you know, six and seven at Oklahoma, worst season in 25 years. They are still craving that national championship. It's like conference championships. Okay, it's great. But you know what? We're ready for a natty again. You look at the gaps between championships. When Oklahoma really got serious about football, when Bud Wilkinson came aboard, which would have been what, 1947, I believe? Uh, you know, 1950, they win their first national championship. There was a five-year drought. The next one came in 55. They got one in 56 as well. Then it was 56 to 74, an 18-year drought between national championships. Then and they, they won in 74 and 75, back to back. In 75, it was a, a 10-year drought to so 1985 when they won the Natty. 85 to 2000, obviously 15 years. But now, Parker Thune, you're coming up. On 23 years since Oklahoma last won a national championship in football, which means Steely, that is the longest drought of your lifetime. Which, as we've well established, yeah, is a long time. I mean, look, what's realistic? I mean, look, if you're at uh, the 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 summit of Everest now, like Georgia is, they're going great, getting to the playoff every year. Alabama's been, you know, dynamite with Nick Saban once he came aboard in Tuscaloosa. But what is realistic now, you think, in this new world that Oklahoma is getting into conference-wise in the SEC? What's realistic for Oklahoma to win, you know, 23 years is too long for Oklahoma. And, yes, they had their chances against LSU. They had their chances against Florida. Could have won both of those games. Should have won the semifinal game with Georgia. Maybe they win the national championship then. But that's where Sooner fans are so super frustrated. That's a long drought for Oklahoma football. If Muleshoe
1: would have just had the balls to go for it on fourth and one, maybe we're not having this conversation. True. But alas,
0: here we are. Mm Mm-hmm. One title in 38 years, says Sean. Yeah, that's again, that's not good enough for Oklahoma. And again, OU is still one of the best programs in college football. They are one of the blue bloods. But, uh, you know, we're entering a new world. I You know, we heard what Coach Schwitzer said, you know, going to the SEC is going to be playing like Texas every week. And he wants to know, you know, raise your hand if you were behind us going to the SEC. It's all about money. We get that. Bob Stoops told Chris Benini and The Athletic in his story today that he loves Oklahoma's move to the SEC. Better matchups for Sooner fans, for home games in Norman, better road trips. You just – this is an eye on the future, again, of what college football was going to be like. And Oklahoma and Texas jump-started this deal.
1: You know what I can't wait for?
0: That first SEC schedule to drop. Oh, it's going to be I'll awesome. I'll be
1: stoked to find out what Oklahoma's first year in the SEC brings in terms of road trips.
0: Number one destination for you would be? The Swamp. For OU's first road game. Unequivocally, the Swamp. Yes. Now, now Tuscaloosa is probably close second. OU's been there and done that at Tuscaloosa, though, right? At Bryant-Denny Stadium. They have, but, but I I haven't. mean it's still that would be an awesome matchup. OU and Alabama, two of the biggest heavyweights in the history of college football.
1: Okay, let's let's run through the list here. To me, the elite destinations, Tuscaloosa and the Swamp. The overrated destinations are LSU and, well, that's that's really the list. LSU. I mean, I'm sure that LSU. I want no part of Baton
0: Rouge. Yeah, I think that LSU, I've never been to a game at Tiger Stadium on a Saturday night. I hear it's an incredible atmosphere. There's no doubts about it. Everybody who's been there said, yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. But those fans are, uh, again.
1: LSU and A&M, there, those are your two overrated destinations. I want no part of either of those trips. Underrated destinations. South Carolina is on the
0: short list for I me. I bet South Carolina would be a good that's trip. That's going to be, a,
1: especially at night, man. Yeah. I bet that's going to be a fun, fun road what trip.
0: What about Oxford? Going to the Grove. Old Miss. Uh, Seems like a cool I party feel, atmosphere to me. Yeah, Looks like it.
1: It might be too much of a party for somebody like me.
0: Now, bottom tier. Aren't they more preppy, though, at the Grove, kind of? It's a big Maybe. kind of preppy scene. Bottom tier to
1: me, Mississippi State. No, oh, Starkville's a horrible place. And, of course, Vanderbilt. I like Nashville, but Vanderbilt is not a football school and never has been. I don't really know what to think of, or just because I lack full context for what Sanford Stadium is like on game day. I bet it's Uh, awesome. Lexington. That'll be an interesting one. And then, I know Arkansas is right up the road. It's easy to forget about Arkansas, but... As I've said for years, at this point, I think the series between OU and Arkansas is going to become a rivalry that morphs into a ton of fun. Not, not obviously, not on OU Texas's level or even OU Nebraska level, but um, I would say that's probably your new bedlam game.
0: Could be in terms Could of very its well significance
1: be. to the OU fan
0: base. You know, Texas and Arkansas, and I think they're going to be in the same. You know, I don't know if it's a pod, but the group of three teams that you're, you know you're going to play every year. Texas-Arkansas have a great history, that 69 national championship game. You think about, uh, you know, the the there were some big-time matchups between Texas and Arkansas back in the day, there's no doubt. So uh, Fayetteville's a cool place, beautiful place, and I think uh, an annual battle with the Hogs would be fun. All right, 405-651-3439. Get a couple texts in before we break. From
1: the 580, I spent seven years of my childhood in Louisiana – I can say unequivocally that those people are legitimately borderline insane. Any state that becomes infamous for its citizens wrangling alligators is a state that I don't want to spend any more time in than absolutely necessary.
0: You know, I thought the Tech fans were the worst until I encountered LSU fans in New Orleans, and they made Tech fans look like they had great manners. And uh, that's, that's uh, you know, I'm sure the environment would be great. There's no doubt about it. But just dealing with those fans could be a major headache. We have some Auburn slander okay. on the
1: text line. I'm all for it. Auburn is extremely overrated. My wife was going to go there for undergrad, but said the school in town was so bad when she visited that she chose OU instead.
0: There you go. The wife flipped from Auburn to Oklahoma on
1: signing day. Yeah, I I had a friend in undergrad. She's from Alabama. Grew up a huge Auburn fan right down the road from campus. And she ended up coming to OU2 for her own reasons. But I always thought it was interesting that you're that close to Auburn, spend your whole life rooting for Auburn, and then decide, you know what? That's not where I want to spend four years of my life in college.
0: From the 918, I've been to Columbia, South Carolina. That is a sweet, badass place. Great town and dope stadium.
1: I'm telling you, man, South Carolina is a sneaky, underrated destination. And especially if Shane Beamer has that program really cooking in the next two to three years, which I think is very much a possibility. And you look at the recruiting class they just signed, capped off with the addition of Nicholas Harbor. Yeah, Shane Beamer's going to do some things in Columbia. Over the next few years
0: that's been a great story so far no doubt all right why don't we get a quick break in we'll get to your text uh, a lot of text rolling in today we appreciate it so does air comfort solutions again 405-651-3439 405-651-3439 sooners k-state tonight at the lnc eight o'clock the big one though really is ku and osu in still wire eight o'clock on espn great opportunity for the Cowboys. Tonight, to continue with that momentum, Mike Boyne has done a great job. All right, we're back. We've got a uh, short segment here. Thanks to our friends at Lasher Home Comfort Systems for sponsoring our opening hour. They'll do great work for you, Tim Lasher. Great Sooner. Great company. 405-579-3113. All right. Yes, Mike Bobo promoted to uh, the O.C. position after Todd Munkin was hired by the Baltimore Ravens. So, yes, uh, Sooner fans don't have to worry about Jeff Levy. He wasn't going anywhere anyway, but Charles, you're correct. And, uh, yeah, Mike Bobo is officially the new O.C. at Georgia. Uh, From Romulus on Twitter, Steelman, five breakout guys for the Sooners next year in 2023. Um, I thought about that during the commercial break, and I came up with some of these guys have already broken out other places is what's an interesting component to that question. But I'm still going to go with Deshaun McCullough. I think he's going to be a really good, great uh, acquisition for OU, make a lot of plays. Reggie Pearson Jr. in the secondary. Uh, then on offense, I'm going with Gavin Sawchuk. Uh, one of the two will break out next year, Jaden Gibson or Nick Anderson, <clears throat> pardon me. And, you know, he's already had a, a earlier stint at OU, but I think that, uh, Austin Stogner is going to have a nice year for OU too. So I went with Deshaun McCullough, Reggie Pearson, Jr., Gavin Sawchuck. Uh, one of the guys I think is going to emerge between Jaden Gibson and Nick Anderson and Austin Stogner. What do you think? breakout guys for you next season my list
1: starts with nick anderson and i am absolutely bullish on nick anderson i think he's going to have a huge year in 2023 and work his way into a very sizable chunk of the snaps at wide receiver and when you look at that receiver room i don't know if nick anderson is the only breakout guy that we see i think lv bunkley shelton brings a lot to the table now. He's more of a slot guy than an outside guy, so he's probably going to be in competition with Drake Stoops and Gavin Freeman for snaps. Maybe he doesn't have the same opportunity, but he can play outside. I know that much, and he took snaps outside for Oklahoma at times in the 2022 campaign. So Monkley Shelton might be another guy at the receiver position that proves too good to keep off the field. But i got to go with Nick Anderson, no question about it. In the backfield, I agree with you on Gavin Sawchuck. I won't put Javante Barnes on that list just because I think everybody kind of understands yeah, what Javante Barnes is. he's
0: kind of point. already broken out already.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly.
0: Um, good player, and, and not to discount him at all, but Sooner fans have seen him. What they saw from Gavin Sawchuk in the bowl game was really nice. He looked good, man, really good. We knew he was a speedster, but he ran tough, too. I'm going to go with a couple of new guys.
1: I'm going to say Macari Vickers has a breakout year as a freshman, similar to Jaden Davis's breakout year as a true freshman in 2019. Macari can play, man, and he just brings a level of physicality and technique to the table that the Sooners don't have a whole lot of in the cornerback room right now. And there are guys that are talented, don't get me wrong. Woody Washington's fantastic. I think Gentry Williams has a really high ceiling. But when you combine Macari Vickers' intellectual understanding of his position with the physical tools that he brings to the table – I think he's a guy that plays quite a bit in year one.
0: Good cover guy, and he has a chance maybe to be kind of one of those badass guys, too, Mm -hmm. really, that people are like, oh, Mm -hmm. that guy's going to come after me. Mm -hmm. When's the last – Roy Williams was that guy, and he was kind of a hybrid, right? Um, Back in the day, Jerry Anderson, when he was at OU. Ricky Dixon was – but Ricky was a great cover guy, just a phenomenal football player, but he would hit you, too. So Macari Vickers could be that guy.
1: I'll go Jaron Canick, number four. Mm-hmm. And I, that's borderline. I feel like he's a popular enough breakout candidate that it's almost as if people expect him to have a tremendous year in 2023. But that said, I don't I don't know if we saw the true extent of Jaron Canick's potential, even in those flashes and those spurts of playing time that he had in 2022. So those are the first four that jumped to mind. If I had to pick a fifth man... I gotta go with my guy PJ Adibare
0: just because. Yeah, you you think he's gonna <laughs> the, play a lot? The,
1: the creature himself. Uh, there's just nobody on the roster with his natural gifts, Steely. Nobody at any position. The man is a physical outlier. The term "freak of nature" rarely legitimately applies. It applies to PJ Adibare.
0: It's going to be fascinating to see how much he plays as a freshman and his development because he could be one of those guys that's uh, representing the Sooners on Sunday as like an all-pro player. Uh, you know that's what you kind of expect out of a five-star. But uh, yeah, he's he's got a chance to make some plays for the Sooners. All right, uh, here's a couple before we get out of here. The Aggie Mafia got to Switzer. He's not thinking straight. He fed the monster. He didn't put a leash on it. Boomer from the 405. I like that. That's pretty good. I'm an OU alum. I live in Tennessee. I went to the Tennessee-Oklahoma game uh, in Norman and Knoxville. The Tennessee fans who went to Norman loved it. A big no on LSU. Like Steely said, their fans are the worst. Yeah, the LSU fans, like I said, they're subhuman. They are, you know, is trailer park trash still a thing? It can be. We'll keep it a thing. Are there a lot of trailer parks in Louisiana? I you know, I've been I, Louisiana there. Louisiana
1: to... is a trailer park, steel Pretty
0: much, yeah.
1: So, people people call Oklahoma the trailer park of Texas. Oklahoma is not the trailer park of Texas. Louisiana is the trailer park of Texas.
0: Yeah, those fans, like I said, they're pretty, pretty bad.
1: From the nine one eight,
0: Mr. Thune, I've
1: heard you're hitting the transfer portal on your way to on three and covering AM recruiting once OU hits the SEC. Any comments? That ain't true. The editor who put it out there is garbage. How do I, how do I phrase this? Uh, I have no interest in the A&M job at on three. I haven't pursued it. I'm home. Oklahoma is my home.
0: There you go. There you go. Yeah, I can't see uh, Parker, uh, you know, being a College Station kind of guy. All right. Uh, thank you to last year Home Comfort System. We've, we've got a lot of great suggestions coming in on the, uh, you know, what the farewell tour should be called for OU. Good stuff, man. That texter, man, that's good. Really good. 405-651-3439. More Sooner Football to come. Sooners in Kansas State tonight on the court at the LNC at 8 o'clock. Huge game in Stillwater tonight with the Cowboys hosting KU. And how about Tech taking down Texas last night in Lubbock? Looks like it's a battle between Texas, Baylor, and Kansas. Cowboys win tonight, though they have the same conference record as the Jayhawks. Should be a good one in Stillwater. All right, got to get out of here for hour number one. Stay with us here on The Ref. Who does our number two work for? Our number two works for you. The Sooner fan, the sports fan, 405-651-3439. And the Air Cover Solutions uh, text line, 405-651-3439. Our number two, as always, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group, Pauls Valley, exit 72, looking for a car, truck, SUV, maybe you're in the market for a pre-owned vehicle. They've got a great selection and CES guarantee. Oil changes, engines for life on newer used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. That's a great deal right there. All right, Sooners, case state tonight, 8 o'clock. It'll be on ESPNU. Oklahoma, I would say they are struggling mightily. You can be struggling and you can be struggling mightily, and the Sooners are struggling mightily right now. Desperately in search of a victory and uh, trying to get a good feeling again. Man, you thought maybe it was going to turn after that incredible win over Alabama. And Alabama's back, they're the number one team in the country right now. And they got completely dominated by this Oklahoma team. Kansas State, Jerome Tang, great story. And uh, the Sooners have not played Kansas State yet this season, but they will tonight at 8 o'clock. The news yesterday, Porter Moser talking about, you know, these reports out there that he's been interested in Notre Dame and Notre Dame's interested in him. He refuted those comments. Let's hear what uh, Porter had to say about that situation. And he also said that he's pretty happy in his uh, spot here at Oklahoma. This place is,
2: I I believe the people here, they're so special. um, And uh, I can't control what reports I can't. I I can't control uh, what is said about rumors about jobs but I can say unequivocally, that's a false report saying I pursued it, unequivocally, um, and nor do I ha- want to. Um, I'm home, I'm home. I left home, I left home to be at home. Does uh, anybody want to win and, and wish the results were faster? Of course, I do, I do, but they're gonna come. They're gonna come. Um, like I said, we were in unprecedented territory trying to build this uh, um, with, with all those four things I identified, but. Uh, yeah, there's nothing that has is, has is, is wavered on the vision and where I want to go, and with the with this program.
0: There you go. Uh, Tonight's, what does tonight feel like in terms of this matchup? I don't. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I'm old, and you know, eight o'clock's is almost my bedtime. I don't know. I'll be watching the whole game tonight, but. I don't know. This this feels kind of like a game. You know, when Kansas comes to town, you get a little more juice. Obviously, not that Kansas State hasn't had good teams. They have, but um, it's just I don't know. This one kind of feels like I don't know. Not a lot of interest, maybe, compared to other league games so far. What do you think? I mean, when you're when you're two and ten in the league, that's obviously going to be. Happening wherever you are, right? Correct. Pretty much. But it just doesn't feel like a lot of buzz for this matchup tonight. Not that I expected a bunch of it, but, I mean, it it feels like it's Cricket City almost. The Sooners have lost seven of their
1: last eight games, Steely. And some way, somehow, the one game that they've won over that eight-game stretch was an unmitigated thrashing of the number one team in America. But outside of that, they have sucked for the last month. And so... Yeah, there's probably not a whole lot of interest in this game because how can there be? This team isn't winning. They're not coming close to winning. Close losses at the beginning of the conference schedule have turned into blowout losses as of late.
0: You know, and people are like, uh, you know, Porter, I don't know, his style may not work. And I know the SEC is coming up and it'll be an easier situation than the Big 12 is now. But, um, you know, leagues, uh, the ACC, you remember when the ACC used to be D league in basketball? Remember when the Big East used to be D league in basketball? Uh, You know, the Big 12, think about what they have now, they're going to be adding Houston as well. Uh, Kelvin Sampson's done an incredible job, but who knows what the SEC will look like? They'll still be good athletes in the SEC. But another thing I was thinking about last night when you think of when the Sooners have been really good. Many times they've had a great player from the state of Oklahoma, right? Wayman Tisdale. Billy was great. Loved Billy. His style was awesome. His personality was great. He was a heck of a basketball coach. But he also got Wayman Tisdale early in his career. And that kind of jump-started everything. And then you think of Jeff Capel, for the most part, was not very good. There were some years that were very lean, but when he had Blake Griffin – Things were really good. They won 30 games. Went to the uh, Elite 8s, right? Buddy Heald wasn't an Oklahoma guy, but you think about, you know, Alvin Adams back in the day. Now, Trey Young, again, that didn't necessarily work out. Uh, and maybe that says a little bit more about the era of basketball where guys are really trying to get to the NBA. Not that Wayman wasn't. Stacy King back in the day. You've got to get better players in here. Billy's first year, they weren't very good. He had John Grammer playing point guard for a while, who had basically a need that didn't exist. And then guess what? He started getting better players in. That's going to be the key. And the other key is you better start making progress before that, though, because if you keep dropping off, you know, three and 15s in the league or something like that, you're not going to be around to get your system in place and and really build your culture. Because I think Porter can do that, but you've got to get better players in, man. I'm sorry. I The Groves Brothers, you know, that game they had against KU in the tournament was great. You can't win big in a Power Five conference with the Groves Brothers. Bijan Cortez, good, solid Oklahoma high school player. You're not going to uh, – to win a bunch of games if he's playing a bunch of minutes. And there's no slam at those kids. They work hard. They earn scholarships. I'm not saying they're horrible, but you need <laughs> you need some Mookie Blaylock's and Stacey Kings and Jeff Websters, not even necessarily Wayman or Trey Young. You've got to get better athletes in here. I mean, thank you, Captain Obvious, I know. But that's the question to me. It's not whether Porter can coach or not. Can they bring in some elite players? And they got two four-stars coming in in this next class, so we'll wait and see. All right, 405-651-3439. Here's one right off the top, Parker. Uh, Answer that one. Do you guys think
1: any of the current basketball players enter the transfer portal before next season? That comes from Steve in Tuttle. Uh, Based on what I've heard behind the scenes, yeah. Yeah, there will be some guys that enter the transfer portal. And I I know for a fact, and I'm not going to name names, there are some guys that are just not coming back to Oklahoma. One way or another, they are not coming back. Yeah. And that list includes multiple guys. There are multiple scholarship players on this team right now who will not be in an OU uniform next season. I can say that with certainty.
0: I don't know where they Mm -hmm. go. Steely says he's not slamming the kids as he's slamming the kids, LOL. What I'm talking about is their character, and I'm sure they're good kids. I think they work hard, but I'm just talking about their ability, you know, to play in a really good, the best conference in college basketball right now. So, yeah, to an extent I was, but not, not like their character and their work habits and stuff like that. I'm sorry I interrupted you.
1: No, it's all good. I mean, there's not a whole lot left to add. I think there's going to be an exodus. I don't know how sizable it is or how immediate it's going to be because you think about last season, there were several weeks in between the conclusion of the season and when Yamoja Gibson and Elijah Harkless announced that they were going to be transferring. So I don't know how, to, how immediately it comes. I don't know exactly how many guys transfer, but I do know that there are going to be multiple outbound players.
0: From the 402, C.J. Nolan is at the top of the list. His parents are almost as vocal as uh, Latrell McCutcheon's parents were back in the day. Uh, That situation doesn't lead you to believe that C.J. Nolan would be back. Again, we don't know anything for sure. Which is
1: unfortunate because I really like what that kid brings to the table, man. I've been a fan of his from day one at Oklahoma. I think he's got a lot of untapped potential, but – just haven't seen it this season at Oklahoma. You saw it in spurts and flashes a season ago, but, man, he's been low down on the totem pole this season at OU.
0: Yeah, the offensive times has just been uh, really hard to watch. And that's why, to me, the biggest shocker of the whole season was they went out and they beat Alabama and they scored 93 points doing it against maybe the best transition team in college basketball. Certainly one of the top three or four. <laughs> they still won by 24 points. That that game is just, I mean, it was an unbelievable game, unbelievable atmosphere, but crazy. Because I would have thought, all right, if Oklahoma has a chance to beat Alabama, they got to take, you know, 62-60, something like that. No. They got up and down the floor, had fun playing, and, the you know, the arena was rocking. It was a great atmosphere. So we'll see what the atmosphere looks like tonight. Kansas State, 8 o'clock on ESPNU. All
1: right, you want to get uh, a couple more in? Joe Seal getting the you-know-what out of here. Like, I'm not going to – again, I'm not going to discuss – I'm not going to name names and say who's transferring, who's not. But if Joe Seal were to leave Oklahoma, he'd be playing for his fourth college team in four seasons. That is the transfer portal era in a nutshell right there guys hopping around school to school until they find their fit. Mike in Springfield says Mr. Iba would love Porter's style. Better yet, maybe a jump ball after each made basket.
0: <laughs> hey, Henry Iba, man, legend. Yes, those games were 42 to 40 back in the day or whatever, but you know, it was a totally de- no shot clock, all of that stuff. You know who would love to play would be who's what's the uh, the dude who's the uh Mike, I'm losing his name, the Texas softball coach. Mike White. Mike White. That dude, he would have loved that. You know, he he could have stalled the whole time. I know he coaches softball, but that guy's got issues. Big time.
1: (laughs) From Internet Explorer,
0: I heard a rumor that
1: Porter Moser is a candidate for the Notre Dame job. Any truth to this?
0: That ain't true, according to Porter Moser. Okay, uh, let's see. How about some early calls on what's going to happen with the Heisman? Well, Arch Manning's going to win it. There's no doubt, right?
1: No, I was going to say Zach Schmidt is probably my front runner.
0: Zach Schmidt, he's going to win the Groza, though. Correct. I mean, let's face it; it looks like uh, we're probably looking at Caleb Williams could be that that guy, man. Yeah, it's not. It's not going to happen. He's not going to be the next Archie Griffin? No, because
1: every time we start talking about somebody being the next Archie Griffin, something gets in the way, and it's always something different. It could be injury. It could be turmoil within the locker room. It's always something that prevents somebody from winning the Heisman Trophy in back-to-back years. I don't know who it's going to be, but it's not going to be Caleb. He's talented enough to do it, and I can't explain why it's not going to happen. I just know. It's not going to happen. This is just the way it goes.
0: All right, break time, 405-651-3439 on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Love to hear what you have to say. And, again, a lot of good suggestions. What should be the name for the Sooners last season in the uh, Big 12? Really good stuff coming in on that. And uh, we are going to take more of those suggestions and more of your opinions on the text line when we get back right here in the home of Sooner fans, the ref. Mike Steely, Parker Thune, Steelman and Thune here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the Ref Radio Network. Don't forget, Parker, Tyler McComas, going to get you locked in coming up at 2 o'clock right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Interesting uh, question. I-, I think it's pretty easy to answer, but it's an interesting question from Alex for OU. Steely. who does Brent most identify with as a coach, Bud, Barry, or Bob? Well, I mean, it's got to be Bob because he was on Bob's staff. Of that list, I would say, yeah, Bob. Yeah.
1: In an overall sense, I'd say Dabo Sweeney, probably.
0: Yeah, probably the the way he's going about his business now. But, you know, when I think about the differences between those three guys, uh, you know, I wasn't around even though I'm really, really old uh, for the Bud era. But my dad worshipped the ground that Bud Wilkinson walked on. And I've seen plenty of interviews with – Bud's former players, and you see video of what he was like. Bud was uh, disciplined, detailed, scholarly, you know, wearing a suit a lot of the times, again, on the sidelines. Barry Switzer, charismatic, big-time recruiter, vastly underrated offensive mind because he refined the wishbone. And, yes, he put great athletes in a a really good system. But I still think Coach Switzer, uh, by – some measures is underrated as an offensive mind. I think he was tremendous. Bob Stoops, the resurrector, tough, disciplined, a winner. But clearly of those three, it would have to be Bob because he was on staff with Bobby K States, you know, was a player when Bob was there and uh, then joined Bob's first staff. So, but I think those are kind of the way that I would, those ways would fit each of those coaches. And, again, I, a little bit of guesswork on Bud because I never saw Bud coach, but that's the way I, I picture Bud and the way he went about his business. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions, text line.
1: Let's see what we got. When Lincoln Riley took over at OU, why didn't Stoops offer Venables instead? And,
0: I mean, timing issue maybe, and Lincoln's right there. and
1: Yeah, and – Venables was just coming off a national championship at Clemson and really had no desire at that point to go anywhere.
0: Continuity? Uh,
1: continuity is part of it. And also, look, it's easy to sit here at the time and say, well, they should have gone with Venables over Muleshoe. But really, at the time, part of the reason why Bob stepped down when he did was because Shoe was in high demand for head coaching interviews all across the country, and the administration at Oklahoma kind of picked up on the fact that, hey, we need to lock this guy down for the long term, otherwise he's going to leave. And Muleshoe was Bob's hand-picked guy. Obviously, we couldn't have known at the time that he was a charlatan. I
0: was saying that back at the time that, man, the next guy in waiting is Muleshoe. I was very impressed, and I still think he's a good football coach. The only question is, can he build a championship team And also have, you know, as much interest on the defensive side of the ball. I understand he's an offensive coach, but really stressing that and doing what you have to do. Because it's going to be an upgrade for them, obviously, in the Big Ten, too. But, yeah.
1: And almost twice as much time had passed, too, between Venable's departure from Oklahoma in 2012 and his hiring at Oklahoma. If you read one – because – Venables left in 2012, obviously. Muleshoe took over at Oklahoma in June of 2017, so that was a little more than five years afterwards. By the time you get to December 2021 and Venables is coming around and being introduced as Oklahoma's next head coach, it's been almost 10 years since his departure. And I know there were some hurt feelings based on the way that everything went down, and that's not to say that that diminished Venables' Uh, regard for Bob Stoops or his affinity for the University of Oklahoma, but I think it's a lot easier to come back to a place like OU Venables' shoes after 10 years than it would have been after five, especially with the way he left.
0: Yeah, and uh, again, I think there was uh, still at that time, you know, there was some thought out there that the Sooners could win with the way they were playing, win an Addy. there Addy. People were starting to think, man, you know, defense has got to get better. No doubt, but further along down the road, you know, everybody's thinking about particularly in in the SEC situation was a big part of that, right? Lincoln Riley, you thought you were going to be in the Big 12 for the foreseeable future. You had no idea eventually, and we'd always talk about there's going to be a super conference or super conferences, but that wasn't a big thought at the time, so I'm sure that played into it as well. Angry Ronnie says, just requested to
1: follow you on Instagram, Parker. No, don't follow me on Instagram. Why not? It's nothing personal, Angry Ronnie. I just, Instagram is for the people I actually know. (laughs) And although you are a regular text line netizen, and I appreciate that,
0: I've never met you in real life, Angry Ronnie. You don't want, uh, how's the 2024 class shaping up? coming in and no DMs i don't. or whatever i like i like
1: being able to in- interact with my friends and only my friends
0: instagram is basically a vanity site right yeah in many it ways. much is i rarely ever
1: post on instagram also I mean, on Twitter, obviously, there's enough happening on Twitter. That mm-hmm. You kind of you just got to embrace the chaos. You're like, okay, literally everything I tweet, there's going to be questions in the replies. There are going to be people trying to fight me. There are going to be tech fans commenting about how I never actually had a battery thrown at me, and that's ridiculous that I would even put that out. It still happens months later. Twitter over Insta all day, though. No doubt. Oh, you Mitchell. Uh, I would say Insta over Twitter. I don't like Twitter. You don't like I Twitter? I wouldn't be on Twitter unless I had to be on Twitter. Yeah,
0: you kind of have to be on Sorry, Twitter. Sorry, Elon.
1: Though. There you go. Uh, just announced, Buki is a new defensive analyst at USC. I asked Buki over a year ago if he wanted a job at USC. Guess I put the idea in his head.
0: There you go. Well, Buki will probably be a good uh, recruiter. I, Buki's a likable dude. People, uh, you know, gravitate towards Buki. Oh, you Mitchell. As much as everyone hates Tebow, he did nothing but elevate the OU brand nationally. You can hate how he left, but the brand needed a lift, and he provided it. He's right. He's right. Can't uh, disagree with that. Are you giving credit to Shoe? Yes. It, you know, offensively, no doubt it, he did. It, it was getting a little bit stale, a little bit stagnant, but OU Mitchell is right on the money there. Still don't like the guy. Not O.U. Mitchell. One listener says,
1: Parker just said the KREF Army isn't his friend. Listen, I consider you all my acquaintances. Mm -hmm. Very good acquaintances. Solid. Well, yeah. In order to be friends, we have to have a relationship that goes beyond the text line. I have to know what your face looks like. There are a few of you that I've had the opportunity to meet in person, some on several occasions. But the majority of you I only interact with from the hours of 12 to 3 on weekdays via the text line. So, sorry, Angry Ronnie.
0: Sometimes you have to separate work from your personal life.
1: I do my best to strike that balance.
0: I can only imagine, you know, and I've got people who ask me questions, you know, through DMs and stuff. And normally I don't mind any of it, but I can only imagine what you get with the recruiting stuff. It's got to be just nonstop, pretty much. So, uh, so anyway, okay. 405-651-3439. Speaking of Do- uh, Bob Stoops, the Arlington Renegades this weekend taking on the Vegas Vipers.
1: Wait, is Bob coaching?
0: Yes, 2 coaching on ABC. Yeah, you, Bob's the, he's the head ball coach. Okay. Matt McMillan is the director of operations there. He's got co-offensive coordinators Chuck Long and Jonathan Hayes. Keith Ford is on the roster. Was a Sooner Keith for a while before Ford. he went to A&M. You've got Jordan Smallwoods, a wide receiver.
1: Keith Ford, that is a blast from the past, man. One of the great answers to OU bar trivia of all time. He, who, was, a, he was
0: a highly ranked four star, right? Who, he Ford? was a five
1: star. Did he get
0: five stars?
1: He was wow. a five star. Who started at running back the day that Samaj P. Ryan broke the single game rushing record? It was
0: Keith Ford. Wow. Uh-huh. I didn't realize that. He was a good player. Went to A&M, of course, after that. I remember, was it after the Tennessee game? Was that the game where he got hurt? I remember we were at uh, IHOP, and I saw Keith Ford on crutches, which was not good. Uh, Uh, Where's the one about Bob Stoops? uh,
1: The one about Bob Stoops. Speculation. But Stoops all along had planned on handing it over to Heupel until that fell apart, which
0: I'm thankful it did, because Muleshoe was a way better O.C., uh, you know that could have been the case, right? It looks like Josh Heupel is finally the the uh, old wounds are healing somewhat. There's still a scar there, but uh, you saw him going out, and uh, you know, was it was uh, Roy Williams Hall of Fame induction, right? Where he was out with a lot of the OU folks.
1: Was it? I just know from the limited interpersonal interactions I've had with Josh Heupel, I he's not the warmest of creatures. But to each his own, I suppose. Maybe I just give off bad vibes. Maybe I made the wrong first impression. Who's to say? Um. Okay, Parker, what's your address? I'll add you to my Christmas list. Only me and Steely have lists now.
0: Oh, my God. Steely has entered into a new level of grief. He's growing, folks.
1: Another says, <laughs> can I send Parker a selfie? So he can see my face, and then I can be accepted on Insta.
0: Sure, why not? Just send it right here on the text line. Shark says,
1: I know how you feel, gentlemen. I'm in the medical community. I get absurd requests constantly, out
0: of the blue from a friend of a friend of a friend. So you're like uh, when they Google up, instead of Googling WebMD, they they text you. Yeah, and so look, you want to help people with stuff, but sometimes you've got to have a personal life, right? I mean, you just have to. All right, 405 651. By the way, I've got a situation I'd like to ask you about if I can hit you up on the text line. I It won't be too long. I just need a diagnosis. That's it. All right. 405 651 3439. Five minutes of Thunder basketball and back to the text coming up next here on the ref. Welcome back. Five minutes of Thunder Hoops with Brandon Rabar, dailythunder.com, Twitter superstar. Brandon, how we doing? Thanks for joining us.
3: I'm good, Mike. How are you doing?
0: Doing great. Thanks for coming on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. All right. uh, Thunder trade deadline. Mike Muscala's gone. Darius Baisley's gone. You've got uh, Dario Saric in now, the Croatian. Um, how does he fit into this Oklahoma City roster and uh, can he help a little bit here as the Thunder again are, you know, they could they could certainly uh, make a little playoff push and they're already right there. What do you think of this acquisition?
3: Yeah, I like it. You know, Dario when he's healthy, um, and he was a part of that Phoenix team that went to the finals a couple of years ago and he was a big part of that. He he ended up uh, turning his ACL in the finals. And he's kind of been working his way back from that. But he's been healthier over the past month or two. He seems to be getting uh, back from that injury more so than he was before. Look, he's a good outside shooter. He's shooting 39% from a three-point range this year. Uh, He's a solid rebounder. He's a really good passer for a big man. He's 6'10". He can play power forward or center. You know, the Thunder... They like to play five out. They like to spread the floor, and I think Dario can help with that. I think he does a lot of the same things that, that Mike Muscala did, actually. Uh, you know, not quite as great as a three point shooter, maybe as as Moose was, uh, but does some other things better, like uh, passing and playmaking.
1: Now, Brandon, there is no one that knows more about the Thunder than you. So, for Thunder casuals <laughs> like myself, and I am a Thunder casual, I'm not afraid to admit it can only devote so much of my time to paying attention to NBA <laughs> basketball. But for Thunder casuals like myself, of which there are many around here, that's just the reality, explain a little bit about what the Thunder's draft situation looks like heading into this offseason and what you expect Oklahoma City to have in terms of assets slash draft capital and what they plan to do with those picks in your eyes.
3: Yeah, so this uh, this coming draft, you know, there is a, a generational talent, Victor Wimbunana, uh that's been, you know, probably the most hyped prospect since LeBron James. So, you know, there's, there's the hope that you can get that guy. There's another guy named Scoot Henderson, uh, very, very much hyped. The Thunder, most years going forward, have multiple picks. Uh, honestly, every year going forward except for this particular year, they only have their own pick or a swap with the Los Angeles Clippers. Uh, so that means whoever ends up with the uh, better draft pick, the Thunder get to have that. You know, if the Clippers end up with a higher pick. Uh, the Thunder get it. Uh, the Clippers right now are in the sixth seed. Uh, they have a pretty tough schedule the rest of the way. Uh, the Thunder are in the 11th spot right now. Uh, but going forward after this year, uh, the Thunder just have uh, Usually every year going forward, there's three first-round picks that the Thunder have. They have a lot of options. They can trade up uh, even this this coming up year, if there's a guy that they love at, you know, they think they can get him at number five and they're the number 10, they can move up if they want to. They have enough assets to do so.
0: Thunder is definitely on the way back, folks. There is no doubt. We'll see what uh, what it's going to look like with Chet Holmgren coming aboard again next year. And as Brandon said, who knows what's going to happen in the draft. But, man, it's a, believe me, Paycom Center is going to be rocking. It's already getting better, but it's going to be rocking again soon. Thunder basketball is on the road back. Um, man, we didn't get to see Chet when he injured himself in the summer league. Uh, Usman Jang has had a few minutes again, but has also done some good things in the G League, and I think potentially he looks pretty good. But, Brandon, they absolutely 100% hit it out of the park with J-Dub, with Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. Unbelievable pick. Yeah.
3: Unbelievable pick. They picked him at number 12. The Thunder had three top 12 picks this year. Like you said, Chet Hunger, number two overall pick. A lot of people thought he should have been number one. Cannot wait to see him. He is going to be a blue chip talent. He's out this whole year. Ushman Jang, like you said, has a lot of, of upside. But J Dub at number twelve, the dude can do everything. He's a shooter. He's a scorer. He does it efficiently. Um, he play makes. He passes. He plays defense. Leads all rookies and stills. He blocks shots. He does not at all look like a rookie. He does not play like a rookie. Um, last night he had twenty two points. Uh, seven rebounds, four assists, two or three from three, uh, and he makes big plays in big spots. Um, he, he's arguably been the second-best rookie overall this year behind uh, Paul Vancouver. You can make the argument he's been better than every single rookie in the league behind Paul That's how good he's been, and uh, the future is incredibly bright for Jada.
1: In baseball circles, Brandon, one of the stats that has taken the world by storm over the last decade, I would say, is wins above replacement, which basically spits out a number that tries to conjecture a guess at what X player would offer in terms of additional wins for your team over the course of a season than the average replacement player, right? So I ask you, we haven't seen Chet Holmgren in an Oklahoma City uniform yet, but when they get him back next season— How much better, how many more wins does Oklahoma City have by virtue of Chet Holmgren's mere presence than they do right now here in 2023?
3: Uh, I'll say this. That's a great question, by the way. Uh, This year, right now, I think that they are firmly in at least a playing spot, uh, if not a playoff spot right now with Chet Holmgren. The, The biggest hole right now the Thunder have is center. They're playing mostly with power forwards or small forwards at the center spot, they don't really have any rim protection and that's where teams are attacking them. Well, Chet Holmgren, that's his thing. He's an elite shot blocker. Oh, he also can shoot 40% from three. So not only is he an elite talent, but he's exactly what they need. Um, I would say as far as wins over an 82 game season, just even as a rookie, I mean, I don't think it's crazy to say seven or eight wins. Uh, he can make a difference. I, they, they've also lost so many close games, like one possession, two possession games, and I got to think that that an elite talent at the spot they need talent uh, makes a big difference in some of those close games.
0: All right, uh, what are you thinking now, Brandon? After the trade deadline, the Western Conference man with KD and Phoenix, you got Kyrie in Dallas. You've already got you know Denver, Memphis, Sacramento's had a great year. Um, what do you think, what's the pecking order for you now, as you see how these rosters have shaped up after the trade deadline, who do you like in the West?
3: Yeah. in the way it, it feels like it's going to be the suns because you know last year, uh, they were in the number one seed the year before that, they made it to the finals and then they just added Kevin Durant. Uh, he's been hurt for, for much of the season, but before that, he still looked like one of the top three players in the league, uh, I feel like it's got to be that if they stay healthy, now the question is obviously chemistry um, and if they can stay healthy because between KD, Devin Booker, and Chris Paul, you don't have exactly three reliable, uh, healthy players, and they lost some depth. But as long as they're healthy, I think they'll figure out the chemistry issues. You know, the Mavs, they got Kyrie and they got Luka now. Um, I just don't believe that they got the other guys around them. They have the top-end talent. Uh, the Nuggets, though, here's the thing with the Nuggets. We haven't seen them at full form in the playoffs. Everybody likes to to make fun of the Nuggets that they're not a playoff team. Well, they went to the Western Conference Finals a few years ago, and they haven't had Michael Porter Jr., or Jamal Murray since then. They have those guys. They have Aaron Gordon. If I had to say, i say it's going to be the Suns and the Nuggets.
0: Be interesting. All right, uh, fifteen second answer. Russell Westbrook. We all thought immediately. Utah, no chance. He's gonna play there with what's happened there and everything. What is gonna happen with Russ?
3: I think he ends up going to the Chicago Bulls. That's my that's my quick answer. It's between the Clippers, the Bulls, and the Heat.
0: Oh, a little uh, reunion with Billy Donovan. That's huh? right. Yeah. yeah, there you go. There you yeah. go, Brandon. Appreciate your time. Thank you. We'll talk again soon. Absolutely. You guys have a good day. Brandon dot DailyThunder.com, does a great job covering Thunder basketball. Break time right here. We're going to get to as many texts as we can when we get back. 405-651-3439 on the Air Cover Solutions text line. Let's hear from you when we get back. Back with you. One more segment, getting locked in with uh, – Parker and Tyler McComas at the top of the hour right here on The Ref. Seven years running now. The announcement has been made. Beats and Bites is back at Riverwind Casino. We love Riverwind here. We love their promotions. We love all the great games out there, over 2,800. The poker room, the bars, the restaurants the service, the hotel. But one of the great things is when Riverwind and Coop Aleworks get together for the Summer Music Festival Beats and Bites. May 27th, first show out, 38 special in Blue Oyster Cult. How about that? That sounds like I think I'm going to be there. And then the Gin Blossoms on June 10th and July. Mark Chestnut on the Beats and Bites stage. August 26th, Gary Allen, We'll be on the Beats and Bites stage. Beats and Bites, all those incredible food trucks out there. It's a kid-friendly environment. Bring your pull-up chairs. Bring yourself. Bring your appetite. Bring your taste in great music. 38 Special. Hold on loosely to BOC's Don't Fear the Reaper. Or maybe you prefer I'm Burning for You versus uh, Caught Up in You. Uh, That'd be some good tunes to get us started on May 27th. Won't be too long before we have the Showplace Theater back as a concert venue. Right now, it's a gaming venue, a non-smoking gaming area with the renovations. But it won't be too long before the Showplace Theater is back, too. And, yes, Earth, Wind, and Fire will be one of the first shows. That will be awesome. Thank you, Riverwind. You are simply the best. 405-651-3439. You want to go to the text line here?
1: Sure. All right, first time texter listening to you on our way to Medicine Park, and wanted to wish my wife Debbie a happy twentieth anniversary.
0: Happy anniversary, Debbie.
1: Don't know what his name is, so happy anniversary, Debbie and l- undisclosed listener. Uh, Shark says, following up on his uh, text from earlier. What's your problem, Steely? I'm in orthopedics. <laughs>
0: I'm just kidding. I like the other response, though, from the guy. That's... P.S. Use the burner account. <laughs> the other guy says, Steely, I didn't say the Holiday Inn last night, but I can help you. It's called the Age of Depends. Yes. And uh, right now, I'm wearing the all-new Depends bikini model, currently in testing. Depends bikini. Less coverage, more sexy. Did
1: you get a Valentine's Day special Maybe. On
0: that thing? Maybe I did. Maybe. You never know. Parker's looking at me like, Seriously. From the
1: 405. Hey, Parker, can we hang out together on MySpace? <laughs> I might even be too young for MySpace.
0: When was MySpace? a thing? Oh, my gosh. What? Um, 2001, maybe? Yes, like so I am range? probably too young for MySpace. McLovin, remember he asked uh, the guys in Superbad, you guys on MySpace? What a great movie Superbad was. Cinematic masterpiece, by the way.
1: Gunny of Stutzman Army says... It's called old man syndrome, Steele. Oh Wait, you got to tell me symptoms first. Then I could tell you it's old man Falling
0: syndrome. Falling asleep on the couch by like 9 p.m., that's one of the major symptoms.
1: Well, you can't do that tonight, though. No. I It's basketball.
0: You know, it's I fall asleep if I'm kind of half-watching a show or half-watching something that I can drift off. If it's like, well, I mean, watching the OU offense, if it's the same kind of offense they had against Kansas in the second half, that could induce sleep.
1: See, I cannot fall asleep with anything on the TV or any substantial background noise unless I am just absolutely dog-tired. Really? Now, Brandon Drum can attest to this. One time this happened, the most recent time this happened was when we were up in Morgantown covering the OU West Virginia game. I got probably two, three hours of sleep the night before the game. We had to get up early to get to Morgantown in time for the kick. And we get back to the hotel after the game, and I fall asleep sitting up on the couch. I forget what game we were watching. I think it was the Clemson game. I passed out for probably half an hour, forty-five minutes. But in general, I can't sleep unless there is silence.
0: Total silence. See, I'm I've got to have a fan on. That's what I have.
1: You like white noise?
0: I like yes. I that's to me, it's almost like if I turn off my fan, then I'm like. Just too quiet, way too quiet. All right, uh, yeah. Riley getting beat down by LSU and Alabama elevated the program. Not much changed uh, between the last six or seven years of Bob's tenure and Lincoln's. I think where he elevated it to a certain extent was quarterbacks wanting to play for him. I don't think Jalen Hurts would have come to Oklahoma without Lincoln Riley. Would be my guess, and maybe he would have as OC. But um, you know, we'll see. But I think I I do think in some ways he elevated OU as the place to go again to a certain extent if you're an offensive player. Not that they hadn't had offensive success before, but I still think they they had that reputation was enhanced a little bit more.
1: See, I I think he left on the precipice of really solidifying that reputation. Because if you look at the classes that Muleshoe recruited, they were pretty much on par with what Bob was recruiting when he stepped down. Now, what Muleshoe had on the board for Oklahoma in the class of 2023, if he'd stayed at OU, might have been the number one class in the country. It could have been. He would have needed to add some dogs on the defensive side of the ball, and as we know, that wasn't always the easiest thing for him, or a priority for him. But I feel as though he left Oklahoma at such a juncture that it left some glaring uncertainty as to whether he was truly able to establish a program as a perennial contender in college football because obviously the classic debate is, you know, would can Muleshoe take all the credit for the success that Oklahoma had while he was there or did he just inherit the machine that Bob Stoops was building? And I actually think he left at a really inconvenient time to be able to definitively settle that question. Because yeah, if I he agree. stays at Oklahoma another two or three years, heck, he may have a couple elite recruiting classes. He may have a couple college football playoff teams that put that conversation to rest.
0: Yeah, but if you're talking about, as the uh, texter I think is you know insinuating here, if you're talking about did he elevate them again to be that team that can go toe-to-toe and actually win a national championship, in that respect he did not in terms of doing enough defensively, honestly. All right, 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Holy cow,
1: Steele, your voice is a bit high. You <laughs> sure you have those depends on right?
0: I do, yes.
1: I absolutely do. So I cannot believe y'all are going easy on Tebow. F that guy now and forever.
0: No, I'm still there, too. I'm just saying at some point, you know, You can do it and be angry at the guy, but I still think he's a good football coach. I'm not sure if he's a national championship football coach. But, yeah, I'll still take a Tebow dartboard any day. Okay, everybody, thanks to our friends at the Seth Wadley Auto Group at Paul's Valley. Oil changes engines for life on new or used gas or diesel. At no additional cost to you, the great guarantee. And, again, Beats and Bites is back at Riverway Casino. First show up, 38 Special, Blue Oyster cold. Get your tickets now, May 27th. That's going to be a great show. We'll see you.